podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Podcast patrons, Leave the Pin Podcast is super stoked to have Gas House Golf as their official clothing sponsor for the podcast. Go to gashousegolf.com, find them on all forms of social media at Gas House Golf. Gas House makes affordable, eye-catching, one-of-a-kind polos that help you stand out from the crowd. Why spend $75, $100, or even more on polos that make you look like everybody else when you can get one at an affordable price from Gas House Golf? Hit the ball a mile and look damn good doing it. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Super excited about today's episode. As most people know, I'm in love with Pinehurst. I go down there multiple times a year. Y'all know that I go down for Thanksgiving every single year. I've been going for you know almost the last 15 years. And in the four years of doing this podcast, this is the first time that we have had the opportunity to have an actual Pinehurst caddy on the podcast so i want to welcome alex gillum alex what's going on my man not too much how are you doing i'm i'm doing good um like and honestly you know i get excited for these episodes and to talk to people but with you being someone that has so much knowledge of the resort and of the courses and of the people that you work with down there i'm just kind of super pumped to get in really deep into the weeds on pinehurst and hopefully learn some stuff that you know i don't even know about the place yeah, for sure, for sure. Pinehurst is a good place, man. It's when when I tell people that I work at Pinehurst, I'm truly proud to say that I work there. And it's always it's not just a five minute conversation. It always turns into fifteen to thirty minutes because people ask like, "Who are some of the people that you've caddied for?" Yeah, What's the vibe <laughs> like like not many people know this about me, <clears throat> but I actually. When I started working in Pinehurst, I was living in Youngsville, North Carolina, which is an hour and 45 minutes away from Pinehurst. Wow. So I would drive down. I was working seven days a week, driving three and a half hours round trip to make sure that I went down there and I did what I wanted to do. And it truly, the drive, if I can say that the drive is the worst part of my job, I'm doing pretty damn good. So, so I'll tell you what, I've had a few caddies when I've been down there before, um, all, all on number two. And there's not a single caddy that I've met and spoken to that has lived, which what I consider, you know, in close proximity, let's say Southern Pines, Pinehurst, you know, uh, Carthage, even Vass, anything like that. Everybody comes from far away. And to hear that, you know, they treat me well. I love the place. I'm super passionate about my job is, is awesome because, I see that as a resort guest, right? Like I see that as a player down there. And I always kind of wondered a little bit, like, are these dudes BSing me because we're dropping so much money on the golf? And it's awesome to hear that it's not BS. Like it's a really truthful, prideful thing that you guys all have. For sure. Absolutely. That's one thing I like to elaborate to people because when everybody has their own job and especially if you're working in customer service, sometimes you do have to put on that that fake face for five minutes and you have to give them the best customer service as possible. But 100% with Pinehurst, like the people that you see, the smiles that you see, those are the real true people. Like we are all happy to be there. We are all extremely blessed to be there. We know where we work is one of the most prestigious places in the country when it comes to golf. Um, we, we truly 
believe that we work in the best place we possibly can. And we all intermingle. We go out and play golf with the pro shop guys. We go out and play as caddies together after we get done working. Um, we play with superintendents, grounds crew people, and we all get to know each other. It's a very small community, but we have we have big love for everybody, for sure. See, now that's awesome because most of the time, the maintenance guys stay with the maintenance guys. The shirt folders stay inside with the shirt folders, right? Like yeah. the grinders and the caddies stay with the caddies. Uh, so that's pretty cool to hear that it's one kind of cohesive community down there. Yeah, and it's I, I got hooked on Pinehurst. My grandmother took me down there for my 21st birthday, and uh, I played number two for the first time, and I had a caddy, and we were walking up. Anybody that's ever done it will tell you, like, walking up 18 for the first time, like, there's something – I tell people all the time, there's something about a Red Roof Clubhouse. Like, it, it, it's different. And uh, I looked at my caddy and I said, man, like, this is this is incredible. And he said, I've got the best office in the world. And it, immediately when he said that, I started thinking to myself, how could I get in that situation to where I can 100% honestly believe that I have the best office in the world? And so my mind started turning, started twisting. Um, and then I ended up there and I will never go back to anything else. That is, uh, uh, wow. W- way to kind of manifest your future there. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, uh, for sure. I- I've got obviously so many questions and people have DM me so many questions to ask you, you know, as we go through this episode, but let's give people a little bit of a background on your golf, um, how you started, you know, kind of the level that you played at. And then talk to me a little bit about how you actually get into caddying at pinehurst like do you just do you just sign up do you say hey are you guys hiring can i have an application like tell me all about that like what's what's the linear progression as you make your way through so just a little bit about me so i started playing golf um when i was i want to say about 13 um it actually happened kind of on accident so my father um went into the hospital when i was young i was in the sixth grade and um, he was in the ICU for 14 days, hospital for a total of 22. Um, and he had intestinal cyst that rupture. He went septic. He was given a 15% chance to live. Um, so meanwhile, like while he was in the hospital, my mom was staying at the hospital at Wake Med and Wake Med Hospital. They are like one of the top cardiovascular hospitals in the country. And so they uh, they have a uh, cardiovascular uh, hospital hotel where the patient's families can stay because with when you're dealing with serious illnesses i mean they could be there one second and be gone the next and just right. to make sure that those families had that connection didn't have to run back and forth and my mom was staying in that uh hotel and so i was actually staying with my great-grandparents at, uh, for two weeks and um my great-grandpa woke me up one day and he said you want to go play golf and i said no I said, that's like an old man thing. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and so and so he went and played and he came back. And my great grandmother, she had lunch ready when he came back and we were eating, sitting around the table talking. And he was talking about everything that happened and all the memories that he made in four hours. And so I found that really intriguing. So I went with him the next day and I was terrible, man. I would try to hit the golf ball as hard as I could. It would slice 150 yards. And I would run out of golf balls before we even got to hold nine. And I'd have to pick some more up. And I wasn't just getting a dozen. I was getting the 48-pack <laughs> on the bottom shelf. 
<laughs> that fifteen, like the fifteen dollar yeah. forty eight pack yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, that that made me fall in love with it because it was like I watched him play and he could hit him straight, but I couldn't hit him straight. And so he kind of pushed me to do everything that I could. I started getting involved. Um, found out my high school had a golf team. Um, my sophomore year, so I went and I played on my high school golf team. Um, for the last three years of my high school, ended up playing division two college golf as well, um, for a year. Um, that was really stressful. I had one of my buddies pass away, um, while I was in college and it made me really, it made it really hard to focus. I went to college up in Northern West Virginia. So way away from home, I didn't have any family to really back me with it. Um, my college coach wasn't very helpful either. Um, so after a year I ended up coming home and wanted to focus on myself individually, um, so yeah, now I just, I play around as a hobby, but I also try to take it a little bit more serious. I'm looking to play in a lot of amateur events this upcoming year. You had Craig Walton on. I've played in the art. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I've played in that stuff before. Um, those are great tournaments that he hosts. Um, and we have a good time out there. Craig's such a good guy. Yeah. Well, um, I was going to, I was going to ask, you'd mentioned before, you know, before we started recording that you were looking to move to Raleigh and I was like, you know, going to ask you, Hey, do you know? of the RDU golf tour and stuff. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Let me, let me ask you this. Do you feel like caddying has made you a better golfer, even though you're not like, even though you're not out swinging the sticks when you're out there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you talk, if you talk to people that don't know golf and you look at them and you say, I'm a caddy, they'll look at you and be like, what does that mean? I'm like, I carry somebody's golf bags, but my job is to pretty much play golf without hitting a golf ball. Like I, hmm. I put together and I piece together the individual round, whether the player knows how to do that or not, that's up to them. But I follow the golf ball around and I make sure that I try to put them in as prime position as possible, especially when we're talking about a number two or a number four, because if you get out of position out there, numbers can add up quick. That's a, that's a, that's such an interesting way to put it. I play golf i have a setup i have a game plan even though i'm not playing golf out there i never thought of it that way yeah that's that's, i i mean and that's brilliant too right like as a player that's what i really want well like you said whether you know it or not like i want a guy out there that's in my corner maybe i suck at golf maybe i'm great at golf but i want someone in my corner that's looking out for me and knows the course inside and out so how do you get to that level? Like, what's the application process look like? And, and how did you get steered towards Pinehurst as opposed to, you know, some of the other courses that are down there, whether they be private or public that have caddy programs? Well, I started, it, it all goes back to the first time that I played there. Um, I was talking to my caddy and I was like, so how did you get involved? And he started telling me like, dude, I came out of college. <clears throat> my caddy that I had, he was actually a wrestler at UNC Pembroke. I wrestled so, in college too. You, I tell you what, you see a lot of those guys that can't, you know, wrestle anymore, and they need something uber competitive, and golf becomes it. That's interesting. Absolutely, yeah. So he was a wrestler at UNC Pembroke, and he told me he was like, "Dude, honestly, I had nothing, no idea about golf at all. Like, I had never played." One of my buddies that um, he went to college with, he. Uh, he told me that his buddy had told him about caddying in Pinehurst. So he came down and filled out an application. So it really is just as simple as filling out an application. You go through like a testing process. 
pretty simple questions, just the basic knowledge of golf. And then you come out there. And so what they do is they have five days of unpaid, uh, unpaid training, um, which is pretty cool. You get to work with some of the, the legends out there. So like Thomas T, which is really mm-hmm. good. Thomas, Thomas is caddied for Tiger Woods. He's caddied for Rory McIlroy. Um, he's one of the best caddies that we have out there, if not the best. Um, then you also have um, a few other guys and they're all super cool guys and they've all been there for a while and they teach you the ropes. Like there's a lot that goes into um, caddying that I didn't even know. Like I always thought like you pick up a golf bag, you walk down a fairway. You're not always walking down the fairway, um, unfortunately, (laughs) but um, yeah, there's a lot of like, etiquette to caddying like you got to make sure the the bags are in a proper spot when the player's on the tee box you got to make sure that even when you're in the middle of the fairway you've got to be on the opposite side of the ball from where the player's like hitting from so obviously if it's a right-handed player you got to be on the right side of the ball um and there's a whole like one-to-one step so you take like one step over from the golf ball one step back just to make sure you're not out but that's etiquette Hmm. that's 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 how Pinehurst is, and everything is down to the T. And I've had – we have a bunch of caddies that have caddied elsewhere, such as Pebble Beach, uh, TPC Sawgrass, uh, Kiowa, and everybody says that Pinehurst has the best caddy program out there. And that, that really drove me to go into Pinehurst. And Pinehurst, they, they, they call it as the home of American golf. And when I think about that, I think absolutely. Like – Anybody that's been there, they can walk around the backside of the clubhouse from where the bus drops you off. And when you overlook the cradle, this will do um, the the learning center to your left, the driving range, the backside of the clubhouse. When you overlook all of that, even when you're looking over through like five across the road and three and all that, like that feeling that you get when you see all of that, it never gets old. It never gets old. And I work se- seven days a week. So it never gets old. And that's what really drove me there. So I, I want to backtrack that five days in the beginning. Is that carrying a bag for a resort guest or is that just with those old time pros? You know, I, I don't want to say old time. That's, that's wrong. Uh, those, those veteran caddies, is that with them walking the course solo? Like how does that, how does that setup look? So you got, you got the way that you train, is obviously you have to carry a golf bag and those golf bags belong to the veteran caddies. So like you, you have what's called hitters. And so whether they'll have like the, the instructors, which is typically two to three people, but then you have most of our training courses, you have, I want to say about 12 people in them that are training. So you have, so you have three foursomes and they're all veteran caddies. So you're carrying a caddies golf bag. So the first day you do single bag, so you learn how to properly do single bag. Then the uh, two days after that, you do double bag, which is primarily what Pine, Pinehurst does. Right. Um, and then the two days after that, you learn how to four caddy, which is um, being ahead, working ahead um, while your player is on a golf cart, which is if you're not in shape, that one will get to you because the, <laughs> trainer, the, the trainers will make you run. Um, and when you're running 150 yards ahead while they're on the tee, tracking the golf ball, running out, grabbing yardage, they're on a golf cart. They're coming. They're coming as fast as they can. Um, and then off the green, you got to 
give them the clubs back, the wedges, the putters, whatever they were using or were not using. You got to give it back to them, and then you've got to run all the way up back to the middle of the fairway, which, I mean, in Pinehurst, it's not flat. So it, yeah. it, 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 take, it takes some getting used to, that's for sure. But yeah, it, it's a fun, it's a fun process and learning that stuff. And the guys that you're caddying for are really good guys too. Um, so you get to know some of your um, soon to be coworkers um, and those start bonds that grow into bigger bonds that grow into friend groups that grow into all sorts of stuff. So now how many on average would you say make it through those five days like do you see guys and girls just just drop out like on day three or so and be like yo this is not for me like i can't hack this yeah um okay i'd say probably i'd say probably 80 percent. i would it's a it's a high turnover rate like in Pinehurst, yeah. between the months of march and november we have 180 caddies at our fingertips like, oh wow yeah so so during the prime season so between march and november we have 180 caddies and like right now, they only have about 60 caddies between middle of November to March, just because stuff slows down. And this is really when all the members get to go out on two and four um, yeah. And, yeah. and really play, because unfortunately, the resort play is a priority over membership play. So now I've spoken to a lot of guys that have caddied down there. I know a lot go down to like Florida and you even mentioned Pebble. A lot of guys go out to the West Coast and stuff like that. Um the first time I ever had a four caddy, uh, incidentally, was the last time I was just down this Thanksgiving was at Dormy Club. And I'd never had a four caddy before, you know, just normal caddies I've taken. And honestly, like you mentioned, I think people might think, hey, being a four caddy is actually easier. Like, I felt like this guy had to do even more work, you know, even though we had the clubs on the cart. And a lot of that was because it was raining out that day. Um, you know, we had gotten a lot of rain over Thanksgiving down there. Uh, so that's interesting because I feel like if you had just a double bag and you're only worried about those two dudes that you're carrying or, you know, guys, girls, women, kids, whatever. Um, I feel like that's easier because you're walking the same pace with them. You're there the entire round instead of like running up, running back, running up, running back. I mean, gosh, you must be doing eight, nine, 10 miles around during, during that. If you're full caddying. Sometimes you're doing that even with a double bag when you're like, I averaged, I want to say I averaged about 10, 10 miles a day and I was only doing one loop a day. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And a normal, a normal round there. Cause I like, I'm a fitness geek cause I track. So like every time we play down there, no matter the course, you know, it's like five and a half to six and a half miles. So you're getting three and a half, four miles, even more than the players. That's wild. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I got to track two golf balls. I got to play two <laughs> rounds of golf in one, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's fun. So you mentioned 180 caddies. To me, that seems like an astronomical amount because, and, and again, you, you interject here. You tell me where I'm wrong. I feel like the majority of caddies are going out on two and four, maybe maybe nine or so, or do they have their own caddies over there? No, we, so we have a lot of caddies. Um, primarily, our championship courses, the ones that people really do need to take caddies on, if they've never played or if they haven't played it more than like five times and no like at the back of your hand um they're going to be two and four now the the off-site course that we actually supply caddies to the most is actually course number eight okay just the course number eight is that way um you'll get a few people that want caddies out on nine nine's a good course it's the only course that we have out there that isn't bermuda grass it's all bent grass right. um 
But, yeah, you got eight. A lot of people like to take them on seven, too, just because 13 of the 18 greens out there yeah, elevated. That elevation, yeah. yeah. So just so that way they have to proper numbers, just because a rangefinder can only do so much. So, um, And it's always good to, like, if you're not – if you're not confident in the number that you think, even if you have a sloper adjusted rangefinder, um, sometimes you can look at it and be like, I don't know if that's right, but that doesn't calculate in wind. It doesn't calculate, yeah. calculate in like the slope that you're sitting on. And for a well-experienced caddy, like to know that, you know, the slope is going to cause your ball to cut or it's going to cause it to drop or this, that, and the other, and you can give them the appropriate uh, aim point. It helps the player a lot, and it just adds a little bit more to the experience and um, more to yourself as an individual as well. It's funny. The last time I played seven, the starter was talking to myself and my two sons about, oh, it's so elevated. It's like nothing you've seen. And I was like, I'm not trying to be rude. I was like, we're from Northeast PA. I was like, I get it, dude. Like, I don't even play a course that's flat. I don't even know what flat is. But to people down there, Seven is like this otherworldly course that like you have elevated greens, like, you know, the tee shot starts 50 yards above the fairway. What's that? So I could definitely see that, you know, from being down there. That's interesting. Do you favorite, ever get, oh, go ahead. My, my favorite memory of going out on seven and caddying is we, I had a group of guys that had come up from Myrtle beach and, uh, they, they were all saying that they were like scratch and this, that, and the other. And I tell people all the time, we caddy for scratch golfers every single day until they hit the first tee shot. Um, <laughs> and so, um, so, but yeah, they, they went up and the starter was like, yeah, here's the scorecard. And I think on the scorecard, it says it's 70, 7,200 from the tip, 71, something like that. It has right. the large or the, the, the biggest or the largest slope rating out of anywhere in Pinehurst. It's the highest it is. And, uh, they, they told the starter they were going to play the tips. And so the starter reaches inside of his golf cart, pulls out a laminated piece of paper, and it pretty much says, if you're playing from the tips, add 600 yards to the to the scorecard. Yeah, that's what they told they, me in the pro shop. And they said – and they quickly changed their mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt. Um, so I, I got – I want to backtrack to how often you get rounds out there. You said 180 caddies, and obviously during the summertime and even early spring – places mob i mean there's there now look back in the day like when the cradle first opened obviously that was mob but but during the waning times like right before covid and stuff 17 18 19 you used to be able to you know loop three four times around the cradle now if you're not a resort guest and you're only booking a day before sometimes it's impossible to even get a tea time on the cradle let alone the other courses so with 180 caddies that being so many are you do they guarantee you a loop every day like how does that work do you have to call in um you know like you said you work seven days a week that's impressive right i mean that's that's at a minimum seven rounds a week that you're getting but how do you find all this stuff out you show up i mean plain okay. and simple i mean that, that's how it is you, you show up um sometimes it takes an extended period of time i mean i've sat down in that caddy room for two hours before i even got a a time and okay. so um it just depends and prime seasons out there is spring so like between march and between i'd say late may 
then once we get into the summertime, it actually slows down for us quite a bit. Really? Because we've, yeah, we have the North and South that comes through. So we have one week, we have one week that is the men's. We have one week that's the women's. Then you have the U.S. kids that comes through. And then you have the North and South uh, senior stuff. So the men's and women's for that. Um, So if you're not on one of those bags, you're not really working. And so, um, but with making connections and talking to people, um, you can definitely get on one of those bags pretty easy. They have sign up sheets for that stuff. um, But you just, the main thing is, is if you sign up for one of those bags, you have to stay with that player the entire time. Um, And I mean, there's some days where you might not make any money, like quite honest with you, because I mean, every time I hop in my car and I drive to work, I put 200 miles on my car to and from. Right. So when I'm doing that amount of work, um, as far as driving back and forth, fifty dollars a day doesn't necessarily cut it. You know, it's what not I mean? even it's not even gas. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, but you know, you you got to look at it and you got to take it for what it is and realize you have one of the best jobs in the world and just keep on pushing. So it's uh it's a a thought that's been echoed by a lot of caddies. I have some friends that caddy out on the professional tours that started just like you at a resort or at a private course. Um, and I think one of the big lessons is you're always kind of looking towards that bigger picture in the future, right? Because you never know whose bag you're going to get and, and what that could lead to. Uh, before I get to kind of people you caddy for and some of those stories and stuff, how often is it down there that people are taking a caddy not on two, not on four? Like you mentioned seven. Do you ever get people that are like, hey, I want a caddy on three? You know, I want a caddy on five. Or, and, and is that resort guests or is it more members? Um, the members don't typically take caddies just because they, they play the threes, they play the fives. Just because during in between March and November, they don't really have a lot of options to to play two or four or i mean even eight i mean they just completely redid eight yeah um this past year so that was kind of the pulling point point for people to come in late fall was to see the new and improved pinehurst number eight um so i mean yes we get them on three um three is a fun course to to caddy on just because like from the tips it's the slope rating is 135 but it's only 5,300 yards. Like it's one of the <laughs> yeah. hardest courses we have out there. They're, they're number two greens. They're turtleback greens, um, but they're smaller. If you don't hit them, you're screwed. And so, I, I was gonna yeah. say, I always find it funny when when you play with people that haven't played three, and you say to them, "Hey, like you know, this is sub six thousand. Like you know, you might not even need driver on every hole." And people will say, like to a man and to a woman, they will go, "I'm gonna tear this course up." Like and it's what a par sixty seven, sixty eight or yeah, right sixty eight. Yeah, and they're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tear this up. Like I'm gonna shoot my career low. I'm just like, okay, like all right. Have you looked at the slope? Like when you look at the slope compared to the distance rated on that, it's insane. Like it's, it's astronomical. It's, it's so much fun. That's typically the course that us caddies play when we get done with work. Is we go out there and we just, we just have fun drinking. Oh a yeah, bit. I, I would too. It's uh, there's some great shot value out there i mean there are some great shots you've got to hit and you really need to be in control of your ball because it's not as big as number two like i've played two before on days when i've been wild off the tee and still able to score because my short game has been you know decent um but you get around three and you start going left and right off the tee like you're screwed in some spots oh yeah 
but back to your question, yeah, when we get we get people that want to take caddies on five, three, one, stuff like that, and those are more of the relaxed rounds because the the players aren't necessarily trying to shoot their best score or trying or have the pressure of going out and playing a number two. Like they're just relaxed, they enjoy their time out there. They get to interact with us a little bit more. When they hit a bad shot, they're not as pissed off about it. Like they're just <laughs> yeah. out there and like having fun. Odds are they're out there with their buddies. Um, majority of them are resort guests, so they bring their buddies, their family, uh, stuff like that. And you get to become part of their friend group for four to five hours, which is really cool. It's really interesting to uh, say that like I've made friends because of people that I've worked with. Like I've got a yeah. guy right now that's texting me. He lives in Southern California, overlooks the Pacific Ocean. He texted me yesterday and said, you got a place to stay and a place to play. All you got to do is book a flight and I'll get you down here. So Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a very cool perk. Um, I, I, I've played number two a few times. I've played number four a lot more than that. Um, number four for me is always like my fun round. Like I, I, I just love the land. It's my favorite course out there, hands down. Number two obviously being fraught with history and, and all the greats that have walked the course and the challenge. What I see from an outside perspective of playing with people down there or sitting on the back porch and watching people come in is number two is a round where people kind of stress a lot, right? They're paying, I don't even know what it is now, 500 maybe, you know, five. I don't even know, honestly. It's a lot of money. Um, they feel like every shot needs to be perfect. What's the vibe that you get from people that are playing number two? Because here, here's what I see. I see people pumped on the first tee. Like, they are so psyched. Then I see them walking up 18, dejected, heads down, like they just got the crap kicked out of them for four and a half hours. So what's that vibe like out there? And, then, and how do you as a caddy help to foster a real positive environment when things are not going well for people? So as a caddy, like, I, I hate to say this, but you know sometimes we do we do live to see people like mess up like we want no we, we, it's it's fun because that golf course will do things and does things that defies the laws of golf i mean yes. you've got you've got putts that break uphill you have putts <laughs> that aren't fast downhill but putting up a hill as fast as i'll get out and it's all strictly based off of that championship bermuda grass like that's all it is and um it's fun. I typically, whenever I have players, I typically like to take a picture of them on the first tee, and then I like to take a picture on 18, just so that <laughs> way they can compare the two and see how, how how either happy they still are or how beat up they look. Um, but we we have a good time. It, it, the players on the first tee, they are pumped, they are jacked, but you also get those people, too, that, like, I'll meet people um, on the driving range, and I'll introduce myself, and they're quiet. Like they're like locked in, they're focused, they're dialed. Yeah. And then we get over to the first tee, still no real like conversation. And then they hit that first tee ball and get through the first hole. And we get on the first tee and or the second tee box, and they're like, "Okay, I'm here. How are you doing?" Yada yada <laughs> yada yada yada. Because it, the first the first hole out there is meant to be, honestly, Donald Ross designed it as to be a good opening hole, a scoreable hole that people can score on. And if you've ever played that course before, you can sit there and say, "Wow, well, if you've if you've played the last seventeen holes, you know as well." So I mean, yeah. it's it's 
it's fun. Um, people, people are pumped. The, the best groups together, probably like bachelor parties and stuff like that. Cause everybody's just pumped. They got games going on within, um, within the round too, which is fun. Um, so yeah, we just have a good time and, um, going through the day though, like you, you are out there for five hours. Like the starters will tell you that the pace of play is four thirty. Yeah, it's not. If we if we if we hit four thirty, we're we're rolling, and you have a new course low. Yeah, like, it's not <laughs> it's not it's not reasonable, honestly. Like expect to play a five hour round of golf every time you go out there. But like the customer service wise, like going from I worked in the car industry before doing this. Like you do have to in the car industry, you got to put on a face for five, 10 minutes and you got to make sure you get frequent phone calls and stuff like that, but you're only spreading it out over five to 10 minutes. When you're carrying somebody's golf bag, you are stuck with them for five hours and you get to either know the person or they're just grumpy and just go on without it. And and they're just mad. They're not playing good. But majority of the time you do have some of the coolest people ever. You get to meet people from all over the world. Um, and it's just it's a fun time and to be able to go out and meet people and interact with them for five hours and become friends with them in their friend group and you see them around the resort afterwards and they call you by your first name and right. you go and you go out and have drinks with them afterwards or um it, it's, it's a fun time i'm assuming that scenario seeing people having a great rapport them asking you to come over to the bar or join them and have drinks is probably happens more than the real grumpy person that is miserable for five hours when they're out there. But I'm assuming that those probably do exist as well, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like the, grump- the grumpy people definitely do exist. The people that have fun um, and just have a blast. Like typically if I have somebody that's getting a little grumpy, um, I do have all the cart girls phone numbers and I do know when they're working and when they're not working. So I'm, I text them and I'm like, Hey, I'm on a whole seven need you ASAP. And they come around in 10 minutes and I get them paid and, um, my guys get alcohol and we just drink it off. So, yeah. Hey, that's a, that's a good behind the scenes, uh, tidbit right there. Yeah. Um, sure. so, so with, with the, you know, fun groups that have been out there, what's, what's one of the most fun rounds that you've caddied for out there that you can remember? Anything stick out? Hmm. That's a good question. I had, so this is funny. So I had a bachelor party come through the, the, the bride and groom were actually getting married in Pinehurst. They got married on, uh, they have a little chipping spot over on the cradle and that's where they were getting married. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. It, it it was wedding day, and so I was caddying for the groom and his wedding party, um, and we go out and we're we're playing and um, this was middle of July, and so it's hot. It's southern mm-hmm. southern hot like it's ninety five feels like one hundred five. <laughs> like the, the the sun is beating on you. It was a really yeah. You're dripping with humidity. Oh yeah, and yep. so this this guy uh, he was wearing his hat backwards all day. The groom. And so we get done afterwards. They were super cool. They were drinking a lot. They they were making a lot of putts, which was awesome. You always love to see people making putts on two. It makes you feel like that your job is actually like worth it. And so mm-hmm. um, they they were making a lot of putts. And we get to eighteen, and this guy takes his hat off, and he literally has a 
a sunburn line across his forehead with a little hat window on his forehead as well. This guy had a wedding that he had to his wedding that he had to be at that. Night. Wait, he was the one getting married. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So his, I would love to see those wedding pictures. That would be so hilarious. But yeah, that was cool. Um, I had to caddy. I got to caddy for a, a single um, over on number four one day, and. We were sitting and we were talking, and when you're over on course number four, all the private jets that are flying into the airport are flying over that golf course. Right. So they're flying low, and I looked at this guy. We're walking, a private jet flies by, and I said, man, like, it's crazy to think that, like, um, people actually own these. They have, like, personal ones. And he looks at me, and he says, yeah, I never thought I'd have one. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> wait a minute. What? He was like, yeah, I got one. It's parked over at that airport. I said, really? Because I've never flown. I've always been really big into aviation. I love airplanes. I grew up watching airplanes take off and leave at an executive airport near home. Um, but I've never flown on an airplane. And I told him that. And he was like, well, after we get done, if you want to meet me over there, I'll show you the inside of my airplane. And so he literally has a PJ, like 12-seater private jet. Um, and me and him sat down. And we had a glass of bourbon sitting on his private jet after the round. That was really sweet. That's that really cool. Yeah, that's that's sick. I mean, that's that, you know, those are priceless. You know, like no matter what they tip you or what you make from the resort, I mean, like little things like that are are crazy. And like what you know, what I mentioned before, you never know whose bag you're gonna get that day. So yeah, you might be driving in and you might be blowing 200 miles on the car. You might be sitting around for two three hours before you get a loop. But you know, you never know what opportunity you might be blessed with on a given day there that's the thing i tell people all the time is like you know does sitting around waiting for a loop suck in the moment yes but when you get out there on that golf course and you shake somebody's hand and they look at you and they're smiling what as a caddy like i'm out there every day what i have to realize is these people are playing golf on pinehurst either number two or number four or wherever they're on a what they think is a once in a lifetime yeah. trip. Yeah. And I have to I have to cater to that. I have to entertain that and I have to make sure that I give them the best time that they've had. And I got to make sure when they go to another golf course and they have another caddy, they think to themselves, Alex in Pinehurst, that guy was on top of it. And so um yeah, it, it's it's so much fun. I actually I had a guy one time because when, when the the process of getting a bag is my managers tell me a tea time and I sit down in the room the players come down to the bottom window in the cart barn and they check into the caddy master and then they call my name and I get up when we get up to go meet the players we pick up their golf bags because one thing I do like to say is like golf bags are heavy so just we we look at them and we pick them up and we lighten them up just because if I'm gonna be carrying your golf bag all day long I'm not just carrying yours odds are like I'm carrying two. So your golf bag might only weigh 25, 30 pounds, but so does your buddies that I got mm-hmm. to carry around for five hours. And so I pick them up um, and check the weight. I did have a guy one time, I had been there for two weeks and I go and picked up this guy's golf bag. It was him and his buddy. They both were taking uh, single caddies. So I was only carrying one golf bag and I pick it up and guys i asked him i'm like you got anything in here that you can take out and he was like he was like open up that side pocket on the right side 
and I unzip it, and there's fifty thousand dollars in cash sitting in there. <laughs> and he said, he said, you see my buddy right here? I said, yes, sir. He's got it in his bag as well. I said, well, I said, I think your bag is actually light enough, sir. I can deal with this. <laughs> so literally, they were playing for fifty thousand dollars that day. Wow. Yeah, you get to see a lot of really cool things out there. A lot of things that you wouldn't see working anywhere else, quite frankly. Yeah, I, I know Pinehurst has, I don't know how strict they are with it, but they have a rule that bags should be 25 or like 24 pounds or, or less. Um, the first time I ever played uh, Pinehurst, my wife took me down for my 30th birthday. And I was on the on the Maniac Hill, on the driving range there. And I, you know, I was just hitting balls that day. And a guy next to me had like a full tour staff bag, like with a name on it. And I was like, oh, shoot, like, I've never heard this name before, but maybe this guy's, you know, something or whatever. And a caddy came up and he said, you know, hey, I'm, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They're, you know, BSing. He says, is this your bag? And the guy says, yeah, that's my bag. And he's like, sir, this is, this is like a really large bag. He's like, normally we do carry bags. Do you mind if I switch your stuff into a carry bag? And the guy was like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. And so they're talking a little bit and the caddy says to him, hey, you know, Mr. Whatever the name on the bag was, Smith. Like, let's say it was Joe Smith. He's like, Mr. Smith. He's like, oh, that's not, that's not me. And the guy was like, why do you have a name embroidered on your bag? He's like, I don't know. I just picked this up at a, like a swap shop. But it was like one of those big 1960s, you know, it looked like a barrel, like a friggin' wine barrel that you could fit 100 clubs in. And this guy's lugging this thing around with one strap with this embroidered golfer's name on it. And he was just, you know, some hack that probably shot 150 that day or so. Um, oh, yeah. So I know I know they do that and then put it into a carry bag. And honestly, that makes so much sense because, like you said, if you're carrying two 25-pound bags for 8 to 10 miles a day, I mean, that is laborious as hell. Oh, yeah. It, 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 and it never gets easier. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. Like, like the first two weeks of you being there, you have blisters on your feet in places that you never thought you would see them. Like, I had blisters coming up from the bottom of my feet in between toes, and it was all one blister. Hmm. It, it was terrible, but um, yeah, after those first two weeks, though, it, it does start to get a little bit easier, um, but when you've got two guys that you're carrying two golf bags, so one guy hits it left, one guy hits it right, and you didn't see either ball down, like, <laughs> that's when that's when it gets, it gets interesting. It does. It, you got to make a decision, and most of the time, people are like, yeah, just give me, just give me a forearm, or give me this or that. But then there's some people that want to go over there, assess the the little tiny window that they have, and try to make a hero shot, um, which is perfectly fine. Like you can't you can't hit hero shots if you don't try them. But that's just that's how it is, man. We we how, have a good time. How often are people not listening to you on putts? You know, like it, it's funny. You mentioned the uphill breaker. I had never experienced that in my life. I'm on uh, twelve. I'm, I'm, yeah. Wait, is that the par five? No. What's oh, what's, the, what's no. the par five on the back that places a par four during the U.S. Open? Is that? Uh, that's sixteen. Sixteen. So I'm on I'm on sixteen. I've got this uphill putt that's that is gonna break. And and my caddy said, and it's for birdie. And my caddy says to me, Hey Dan, like this is gonna move a foot. And I'm like, Dude, this is uphill. He's like, Oh, I know. He's like, Just hit it here. And I step over the ball, and I can't get comfortable because I'm not feeling it. I'm not seeing it. And I back off again. And I said, just just like, tell me you're right. He's like, bro, 
I've been doing this for 20 years. He's like, hit the ball here. It's going in the hole. So I was like, all right, cool. He never steered me wrong the whole day. I hit it exactly where he said it. As soon as I hit it, I was like, there's no way. Like, it's not going there. And then sure enough, this damn thing starts breaking left. And my only birdie of, of the day there. And, like, I was flipping out. He was, you know, we're high five and stuff. And it was, it was insane, the knowledge that you guys have. But there's got to be people that feel like, hey, I'm a great golfer. And even though I've never stepped foot on this piece of land, I know more than you. I had a guy uh, towards the end of my season this year. Um, he was actually out with, uh, who was he with? He was with, he was a strike sun route. And he lives in Forest Creek, and they had a they had a big thing out there. And um, he he told me he was like, "Yeah, I live right down the road. I played this course a bunch. Um, only thing I need from you is yardages. I can read my own putts." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, okay, well, it's going to be a pretty easy day." And uh, I'm not kidding. By by the time we got to hole eight, he looked at me. He said, "I might have to like look at a few." I said, "I'll look at every single one of them <laughs> because that's that, that's the thing is like." Especially on, actually no, on two and four, that that that's my the, the favorite part about my job is looking at a putt, knowing what it does, knowing what it because I played that course blind-eyed before, like I had no idea and got looked like I was a fool, mm-hmm. and I know what the putt does, and it's so it's so incredibly important, especially through the first three holes especially on number two or even number four that you hit your marks with your player. Because if you, if you give a bad read or if you don't tell them like, Hey, like you're into the grain, you need to give a little bit extra and it comes yes. up because well, it, it's all grain permitting out there. So like, and, and people from the Northeast don't get that. Like we no, don't, ha- we don't have that. So it's so important to have a caddy to explain that to you when you're down there. Oh yeah, it, it, I try to not talk about the grain as much, just because, like you said, people from the northeast, especially during the springtime, the northeast people come down during the spring because they've been in the cold all year. Y'all golf courses don't stay open all winter like ours do, so it, it's <laughs> they they come down and uh, I try to not put as many uh, things inside of somebody's head, just so that way they're not overthinking. Okay. Um, so like, I'll tell them to hit it a little bit harder. Um, I'll even point and at like, like, hey, like, act like the cups here, um, just so that way they get the speed right, they get the line right. Um, but it's it's the first three holes are extremely crucial, um, especially earning that trust from a player. Because I mean, if you're over on course number two, I mean, you've got the first hole is to uh, is a par four. I mean, it's pretty straightforward green. If you hit it into the middle of the green. It moves a little bit to the right, depending if the pin's in the middle. It moves a little bit to the right. When I say a little bit, maybe a golf ball size. Um, then you've got hole number two, which is is kind of a dogleg right. You got to make sure you hit it off the tee in a good spot. When you get to the green, like it's <laughs> that green is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you got you got to almost aim at the left side of the green, and depending on where the pin is, I mean it moves. It looks like because the green is slanted left or right if you're on the left side, and it looks like it wants to go right, but it doesn't go right. It moves left, and you got the and actually plays pretty flat. So you got the you got to get those visions and get your players seeing these what I like to say impossible lines in their head and actually have them believing that they see it. Yes. So that way, by the time you get to hole four, 
which is the hardest course or hardest hole on the golf course. When you get the hole five, that's the hardest green on the golf course. It's absolutely insane. It's just, it's, dude, my caddy gave me the, the best line. I thought I flushed a wedge in. In the air, he's like, ooh. He goes, Dan, it's about a yard left. I'm like, we're, we're good. He's like, no, you play a little draw. He's like, you're going to be down on the fourth tee box. I'm like, come on, dude. I'm hitting the, like, pins cut middle green, middle left, let's say. I was, and this is no joke, I was three feet left of that. He runs up to the middle of fairway. He's like, hold up, that might hold. And then it starts creeping. He's like, nope. He goes, I'm just going to give you a sandwich. You're going to be on the fourth tee box. I'm going to meet you back up there. Sure enough, this thing rolled. I mean, what is that? Two, three hundred feet down to the fourth yeah. tee box. Guys are on the fourth tee box. They looked at me and they were like, hey, man, we all been there before. I was like, oh, yeah. I hit a good shot. He's like, we all have, bro. We all have. I have a, I have a joke saying, it, and it's actually not. It's a, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to start trying to make some T-shirts to say uh, I hit good shots that end up in bad places and give them to my players after they get done. <laughs> so, um, because that's how it is out there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a blast being able to, and when you can look at a putt and you can tell your guy like, Hey, it's doing this and they back off and they're like, hold on. What? Like, that's the best part about my job is being able to do something like that and tell them like, Hey, like, I don't care what, what, what you think pretty much like this ball is going to break up this hill. It's going to defy everything that you think right now. Like it's breaking yeah. right. Even though the slope is right to left, like it doesn't make any sense, but that's how it is. All right. So let's let's say I'm a resort guest. I've, I've planned this, you know, once in a lifetime trip. I went through the website. You know, I, I, I'm doing either the Ross package or I'm staying for a long period of time on site. Um, I have you for the first round. I'm like, Alex and I vibe. This is the dude I want for the rest of my trip. People can request, right? Absolutely. OK. Um, I want to get a little bit into one of those. Some people think it's taboo, you know, the money situations uh, when you're tipping caddies, because there's a lot of people that go on these once in a lifetime trips. And it's the first and maybe only time that they've had a caddy in their lifetime. Now, Pinehurst charges 75 bucks, right, for a caddy. And then they say that $50 is the minimum at what you should tip. To me, I break it down like per hour. That would be like tipping you 10 bucks per hour, which seems like nothing. Um, so what's, what's an average for a caddy to make? Maybe not you specifically, but what do you hear around the clubhouse? Like, what do you consider? Hey, this was a good loop. I got X amount. You know, I feel like I was stiffed a little bit on this one because I only got X amount. Um, I'd say average good tip that we get and the average tip we probably do get is in between 80 to 120 a bag okay um so put it in the middle we'll say a hundred dollars a bag is more than enough the, the resort says that the minimum gratuity per bag is fifty dollars especially if i'm carrying the golf bag if it's forecasting that's thirty dollars a person um and that equates to 120 dollars, which mm -hmm. is perfectly fine but see the thing is like Sometimes you do get you get into the clubhouse and the the, the the people that you meet, they'll sit and they'll go over everything that you're doing for the day. They'll get you checked in for number two or number four, and then they'll drop the and the minimum gratuity is fifty dollars. 
and mentally when somebody hears that they think that oh minimum gratuity and so they'll they'll say okay well we're going to tip 60 we're going to tip 70 which is perfectly fine i mean i'm getting paid to do something that i love um to play golf without hitting a golf ball um which is fine but some days it does stink because you do have those people you'll be carrying two golf bags um and you go out and they're having the time of their life but they're playing not good golf, uh, shooting like 120, 130, um, not giving themselves gimmies, giving me a hard time about um, like, I mean, I had one guy pretty much send me back one day because I gave him a read on a putt and it came up. Uh, it was a five foot putt and he putted it 15 feet by the hole. And he told me that my read was shit. And he literally sent me back to the clubhouse. And so, um, yeah, and so you, you do run into stuff like that. But I'd say 80 to 120 a bag is more than enough to, one, keep the caddy interested. So that way, if it is a good caddy and you want him to go back with you um, and you do want to request him, he will 100% go back. Um, but the caddies, yeah, but you can go down there and request caddies. But the caddy knows what he makes, and the managers check in with the caddies as well. Um, so if you're not willing to give a little bit, um, we can easily deny a request. And I think I think one of the things people need to understand, too, is you might be out with someone for five hours a day, but you've also driven an hour plus to get there. You've also sat around for an hour and a half. You've also watched people on the range for 30, 45 minutes, chip and putt. So it's not just five hours. You're cleaning their clubs afterwards. You know, it's all these it's it's a whole day, especially if you're only getting one loop. Um, you know, so I would definitely implore people that are going down to Pinehurst, and I've said this before on the pod, is whatever you think is fair, give more than that. You know, because even if it's a, a rapport that maybe you don't have with the cat, you've got to understand, like, this was their pay for the entire day. You're not just giving the money for those five hours. There's a lot that goes into it before and after. And not only that, you know, the expertise that goes into it you know you're you're paying because alex has walked you know hundreds of rounds there and knows the course inside out and that goes for you know any caddy down there um and then one of the other things i think i would recommend to people is realize like if you didn't make a putt all day maybe you got to kind of look at yourself and say hey man i i suck at putting you know like a five footer missed by 15 feet that is not a line misread you know what I mean? That's like you got stone hands and can't even friggin' take a putter back. <laughs> this is bad. You need to get one of those uh, practice putting mats. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, we have so a, we have a good time though. It, 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 at the end of the day, like I'm sure it evens out. Good money's always good, but you know, like if you go out and you have good guys, it's a lot easier to swallow a low tip. But it, at the end of the day, like I'm getting paid good money to do something that not many people get to do or honestly not many people have the courage to say hey like this is a cool job and go get the application yeah yeah i would i wish more people would because it is it is such such a good job i was before i started caddying like i was mentally depressed i was uh i was in a really bad place and coming out there like all the guys out there really cool it's all locker room talk downstairs you go out you drink with your your caddy caddy buddies after you get done um and you get the you get the, it's a giant family it's a giant family your managers are super cool jimmy's really cool casey's really cool we all go out and we all have fun and 
joke and laugh, talk baseball, football, mm. basketball, do whatever, bet on players, um, do this, that, and the other. And we all just have a good time. We're out there to have fun and make sure people have fun for five hours. Are most people that are caddies, are they driving in from a far distance or are there some people that live within the, you know, surrounding communities? I would say majority actually um, live there. I would okay. say we have probably out of the 180, I'd say we probably have 20 to 30 people that drive a good way. It's like that. We have a guy that drives from Greensboro. That's an hour and a half. Myself, I drive from an hour 45 away. I do believe I'm the furthest one away. Um, but you got a few people that drive an hour, 45 minutes, um, stuff like that. The majority of them do live local, but a lot of people have, um, moved from other golf courses or from other states just to get this job. Because, I mean, we have a group of four guys that I know that are from Chicago and they all four moved down here and applied for the position at the same time, not knowing if they were going to get the job or not and work there now so wow it's fun it's fun and you got a lot of really good people that um we have inside of the caddy program that um are really cool really knowledgeable know how to play too like your caddy i promise you your caddy is probably a five to six handicap on the highest Hmm. so they know how to play golf they know how to read the greens whether they whether it's their first loop there ever or whether it's they're hundred. They know what the green is going to do. So it's always, it's always fun to go out and when you're caddying with other caddies as well, especially caddying with people for the first time, like you get to, you get to listen to them and you get to hear their inside expertise as well. Cause I mean, we have one caddy, Mr. John Ross, he's been out there for, I think I said, I saw something the other day since 1954. He's wow. 84 years old carrying wow. golf bags still, carrying two golf bags. He works in the spring and in the fall. And, I mean, he he is part of the original group of caddies that Pinehurst brought in when they started supplying a caddy program. So That is wild. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I'm going to get you out of here on this. I always tell people how amazing it is. I've been truly, literally, truly blessed, like through this podcast and through our social media to be a resort guest many times over. So I've gotten those once in a lifetime trips, you know, numerous times and never take it for granted. I always try to give people kind of like ins and outs to make their trip better. But as a caddy, I feel like you being on ground every single day have obviously a much more better handle on the course's uh, the food, the drink situation down there than I ever would. So if you had someone come to you and they said, Alex, I'm looking to book a trip to Pinehurst, give us and give the listeners and the followers some tips to make their trip kind of out of this world. Like what could make it even better that you know about the course that you can pass on to people? Uh, I would definitely, if you're going it just depends on how long you're going. If you're going for like a weekend to like the Donald Ross package is, I think, I think it's three, three nights or two days, three nights or no, three nights, two days or something. I don't know. Yeah. You, you get, you get three rounds of golf. Um, I would definitely play eight first. I'd play number four and I'd end, end it with a bang on number two. And I would throw the cradle in there somewhere as well. Mm. Um, if you're going, when it's warm outside, I would definitely, if you're going with a group of buddies, Definitely go around this will do um, barefoot. Do it barefoot. <laughs> it is it is it is a lot of fun. We have a lot of us as caddies. We'll 
if courses are booked, we'll go out around Thistledew or the Cradle after we get done, and we'll just go out, have drinks, do that stuff. Um, but that would be my my best my best advice as far as the golf wise, like new or how to play it in order, um, just so that way you get a little bit of everything. Um, you obviously have downtown Southern Pines. If you're down there during the, the summertime, um, downtown Southern Pines on the weekend is a lot of fun. Um, you have obviously you have uh, the Pinehurst Brewing Company, which is ha- which has some of the best food I've ever ate. Like I drive an hour and 45 minutes home and after a long day of caddying, there's still two or three nights a week that I go to the brewing company just to get food. I mean, they have, okay. they have, they have pulled pork, they have brisket, they have homemade hush puppies. They have, uh, some of the best wings I've ever ate in my life. Yeah, you're like, speaking it, my it, language now. It is, it is so good. Um, the 1895 is more of an elegant, uh, dining place so that's really good as well if you're looking to get like a formal dinner together that's always really good um but just hanging out the one thing i tell people is whenever you go to pinehurst the one thing that i wish people knew and really truly embraced is every golfer that you have ever seen on tv or will ever be on tv has played that golf course Mm. and has played it well and they have enjoyed their time there they have also sat in the same chairs that you're probably sitting in. <laughs> they have also went down to the caddy shack. I mean, they go for the U.S. Opens. They go into the locker room that's in the main clubhouse, down to the caddy shack where the the cart barn is, and they walk up those steps. That's how they go to the tee box for the U.S. Open, which, by the way, is coming in 2024. Yeah. Um. Um. So. Definitely embrace it. Grab your rocking chair, grab your cigar or nice drink, sit on that back porch and just watch people come up, like sit there for an hour or two and watch the way that people walk by. There's not a person in Pinehurst that is sad. I promise you that if they're out there playing golf, it's so it's so overwhelming because the, the first time I went there, I thought that I didn't really know a lot about Pinehurst in general, but I thought it was like two or three nice golf courses. Mm. Little did I know, Pinehurst Resort isn't just a resort. It's an entire town. That yeah. town is ran off of golf. We tell people all the time, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a drinking town with a golfing problem. And so <laughs> we, we, uh, we, we fully embrace that as well. Um, but yeah, definitely have to go. You have to go to the brewery. You have to go to the deuce after you get done um you got to sit in one of those rocking chairs and just enjoy it like enjoy the conversations over listen like people talking about their rounds um because you will hear those stories and you will hear funny stories um just just embrace the culture because i mean donald ross is a very big name around there and donald ross is a very big name all across golf like he has a house his house that he passed away in is on number two like hole three or yeah, hole three to the left of the green. I mean, that's his house and that house is owned by the resort. Um, you can stay there if you would like, like his original work desk is in there. His original work chair is in there where he sat and drew up all the blueprints for these golf courses. Um, just embrace the history too. like walk through the clubhouse, look at all the memorabilia that's inside. Um, and it gets real, really quick as to where you are and how special it is. 
Well, Alex, I cannot thank you enough. I mean, I, I hope that your passion for the place comes through on this podcast because you exude it. Um, and, and I can't think of a better person to have as your caddy than someone that not only knows the game and knows the courses inside and out, but loves the place as much as most people will do once they go down there and fall in love with Pinehurst. Absolutely. Yes, sir. I greatly appreciate you having me on. Awesome. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hey, what's good, podcast patrons? Dan from Leave the Pin here. Listen, if you want to look good on the course, if you want to hit the ball a mile and look damn good doing it, Gas House Golf is the company you need to get on board with ASAP. Gas House Golf, newest apparel company out there, making you look fantastic. Look, the shirts are fire, the hats are fire, everything they do, everything they touch looks great on the course. You want to stand out? You want people to notice you? Want people to notice your game? Get to gashousegolf.com. And right now, not only are they offering free shipping, they're also giving you an amazing 15% off code. Use our code, leave the pin, get 15% off all your purchases at gashousegolf.com. All gas, no break, Gas House Golf.